Hello, and welcome to day 48 of A Year of War and Peace. I'm Brett. And I'm Logan. And today we are reading Volume 1, Part 3, Chapter 2. Uh, Vasily, after Pierre's sudden sexual awakening at Anna Pavlovna's soiree... And sudden it was. Uh, he has not made any progress in his wooing of Helene. Well, he's also not entirely sure if he wants to go about it. He's quite sure he doesn't want to, but he doesn't know how to stop himself now. <laughs> he doesn't know how to how to extricate himself from the expectations that the uh, the rest of society seems to be placing upon him. Society. Society. Vasily wants to get <laughs> out of here because he wants to get over to Prince Bolkonsky's. And marry off his other kid. Yeah. Hippolyte's that, single forever. I guess so. Who cares about Hippolyte? He's the younger son. Yeah. Primogenitor, you know, but um, yeah, that that plot that we discussed in like the second chapter or the first chapter of the entire book, Vasily finally wants to come and realize it by going to Bolkonsky's, but he can't leave until he's secured this little yeah. nagging problem this, with ugh. Pierre. Marriage, am just I right? won't propose to Helene, even though everyone's I seen them together, and that's all you need to propose at this time period. I think that Pierre and Maria would have been a way better couple. Than Pierre and Helene. Pierre, most people would probably be a way better couple than yeah, Pierre and Helene. Yeah, but specifically Maria. I feel mm. like they might have liked to actually talk to each other. <laughs> I don't know, though. Yeah, I could see that. She might be a little bit too um, too devout for, for Pierre. That's, I don't, I don't that, know how I devout said that, he is. and then I did think that she might be a little too devout. But I do think that Pierre might engage that in moral conversation instead of yeah. Anatole. He would would she enjoy the arguments? I'm sure she I'm sure Pierre would enjoy a good a good civilized debate. I don't know. I do think she might be open to them. Maybe. Oh maybe she'd shut down. Well she and um I feel like she might she and her down. girlfriend he, she and Julie don't have the same her views girlfriend on, on in faith, so, so many senses of the word. I was actually talking about I was explaining to someone about Julie Kerrigan and and Maria's relationship and i was like yeah they might be in love actually yeah so go friends but anywho pierre needs to get married so that vasily can leave uh six weeks have passed and pierre has yet to propose has yet to make any sort of move he feels that he uh he has decided that marrying helene would be a bad thing a a quote-unquote disaster actually (laughs) a very in his own words and yet he cannot he, – he does not feel like he can extricate himself from her. He feels that he's been seen with her too much, has spent too much time at Vasily's, owes too much to Vasily himself maybe. I don't think he owes anything to Vasily actually. I'm sure that he – but I th- we're talking about his feelings, not the re- not the reality. Sometimes our feelings don't align with, with the reality. He's been bamboozled. Okay, fair enough. And so even though he knows that Helene and him would not make a good match, he has not felt that he can figure out how to get away – and stop it from happening. And so Vasily, to force his hand, orchestrates uh, a, a dinner where he basically invites a bunch of people over and insinuates to all of them that it's going to be the big night and that, the, that, that Pierre is oh, finally going to propose God. to Helene. And so they all gather They all gather for dinner for a name day celebration for Helene. Of which it says Helene and Pierre are seated with the less important people that are there. Yeah. At the other end of the table sat the less elderly and the less important guests, including Pierre and Helene, who were family, sitting side by side. Maybe it's just about status. I guess, but it's her name day. It is her name. Yeah, that is true. (laughs) I read that. I was like, it's her party. It's a party for her. (laughs) It's my party. It's my party. I can cry. I I have to be the prettiest girl at the party. Yeah, that is a weird detail. I don't know why. 
Maybe maybe all the old boomers would have just gotten. They got upset. sat at they got sat at the kids' table. <laughs> but uh, everyone has been invited to Prince Vasily's for this name day celebration for Helene. But everyone there really knows that it's all about Pierre is going to propose to Helene. And so they're making all this conversation. Vasily tells this story about the Moscow military governor, oh. Sergei Kuzmich. Oh, Sergei. Who received a letter from the czar, but was so overwhelmed that he was being addressed by the czar that he couldn't even he couldn't even get the words out that and read often the letter. also happens to me when I'm being addressed by the czar. And you know, I can't say that it wouldn't happen to me if I was addressed by a czar. Mm. It's never ha- I you know I don't have the experience to. No, it happens to me like once or twice a week, and I do break down to tears every time. Oh, wow. Yeah, I'm like kind of important or whatever. That's crazy. I I wish the czar would would write me a letter. (laughs) I feel feel neglected. Dear Brett, I think you have the most beautiful eyes. Love (gasps) the czar. Now I know how Sergei Kuzmich felt. (laughs) But they're telling the story, and there's all this conversation. Everyone's laughing heartily. Everyone is... I, I find this detail interesting that... They have all these passages about how all of the various guests um, are envying the young couple and are, are envious of their youth and are envious of their happiness. And the whole time Pierre is there like, this is the last place on earth that he possibly like wants to be. happiness is a strong word here. Yes, it's the, um, the trivialities and affectations shared by all the guests had been invaded by a simple feeling, the mutual attraction between two handsome and healthy young creatures. It seems also like all of these people are in on what's happening. Like you have the the Chamberlain talking about assuring an elderly baroness of his ardent love for her. And she was la- like, just like, they're all like, oh, love mm-hmm. and passion. Yeah. And loyalty. Well, they've all been, I think they've all been hinted that this is the, the yeah. focus of the evening. So, yeah, the entire evening they're kind of having these other conversations but um and joking around and and but it's all kind of a facade. Everyone's really just focused, zeroed in on Pierre and Helene, sitting awkwardly. Yeah, sitting awkwardly at the end of the table, waiting for them, to, waiting for Pierre to propose or to say something or do something romantic or whatever. And they're all thinking of kind of their own. They're all these older people thinking of their own frustrations and envying whatever they see, whatever they project onto the two that they don't have now in their own life or whatever. Like mm-hmm. they're mad about. How they don't love their wife any how their wife isn't pretty like Helene anymore or how they aren't young and beautiful like Helene yeah. anymore. Or they aren't young and, and vivacious like Pierre. Oh, I oh, 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 oh he's a gajillionaire. Oh, oh I, I miss when I was twenty three and had a billion dollars. Gah. Me too, man. <laughs> Maybe that's what's coming up for me in May. I miss it already. <laughs> that's what's coming up for me. That's I'm running out of time. You're running out of time, but that's just ahead of me. Twenty-three and a billion dollars. Everyone was the, everyone there was really concentrating on nothing but the two of them, Pierre and Helene. What a horrible, what a nightmare! It's like having the um, the waiter at Olive Garden sing you um, "Happy Birthday" like times ten for the entire dinner. Okay, one of my big I hate being sung a song to in public places um like happy birthday Mm -hmm. and so we've started joking that whenever we go to some somewhere and i'm like doing something that i feel like you don't like you go i'm gonna get the waiter to sing you up (laughs) sing happy birthday to you (laughs) and i just shut up i sit quietly in my seat (laughs) 
This is my nightmare, actually. When yeah. you feel like everyone is like waiting for you to do something that you just do uh, not want to do. Oh. And so the, the dinner passes without a proposal from Pierre. And then they go on into the kind of the drawing rooms and the post-dinner festivities. And Pierre and Helene are left alone on a bench. And they sit there and Pierre knows what he's supposed to do and knows he's expected to do something. But he still can't bring himself to say the words. And so he kind of just makes idle chit-chat with Helene for a little while. And Vasily's in the other room waiting to see what happens. And so he sends his wife. We meet Vasily's wife this chapter, yes. by the way. Who Princess he also, Karagin, he hates. Who he hates. And Men just, hate their wives, apparently. It's a running theme in life and in this book. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but um, he sends his wife to check in on them, and she says, nothing's happened. And so then Vasily just throws a little improv into here. And he comes out and acts like Pierre proposed to Helene. Oh, God. <laughs> and he comes out and says, my wife has told me, thank God, my dear boy, I'm so very pleased. I was so fond of your father. She'll make a good wife. God bless you both. And here are tears on his cheeks, and he kisses Pierre with his old man's mouth. He calls in the princess, and she weeps, and everybody uh, comes and celebrates the proposal that definitely happened. These people stress me out. Vasily's very stressful. Especially Prince Vasily. He really stresses me out. Yeah. But, oh my my God. (laughs) Oh my God. Pierre is, is left with Helene. And he feels like there's something he's supposed to say in this sort of situation, but he can't figure out what it is. He's so me. <laughs> he's so me. And then Helene kind of awkwardly kiss, or kisses him. He goes for her hand, but she kind of pulls him in and makes her kiss, his, kiss, kiss her on the lips. And he's struck by the new, unpleasantly distorted expression on her face when he kisses her. Oh, oh, Pierre. And he thinks to himself, it's too late now. It's all over. And I do love her. I wrote that line down too. That's a crazy thing to say. It's all over now, and I do love her. Aye. Well, I want to know what love is, and I it isn't. I don't, this. I don't think he does. And I don't think he does. And then finally, he figures out what he's supposed to say, and he says, I love you in formal French, but the words sounded so feeble that he felt sick and ashamed. Je t'aime, Helene. Je t'aime. And so, uh, and then, and then we cut to six weeks later. He was living and as a married. married man in his enormous, newly refurbished Petersburg mansion, as the proud owner of a beautiful wife and millions of rubles. Proud owner of a beautiful wife is a crazy sentence. Yeah, but I mean, in the last chapter, he's also talking about how she could. He realizes that she's a woman who could belong to anyone, even to him. So it's very consistent yes. with with the the view of women at the time. Yes. He was also wondering if she would change. I don't think she was going to change. Do we over under on Helene changing? I think under. I'm going under here. (laughs) So, I mean, things are going amazing for Pierre. He's got millions of rubles. He has a beautiful wife. He's refurbished his home. He's got a great friend in in Vasily who has a great station and a new job for him. It's just, I mean, things are all going up for Pierre is what I'm reading. Everything's coming up Pierre. Everything That's is coming my takeaway from this chapter. Everything is coming up, Pierre. Right I wonder. Game? I wonder oh, what um what Tolstoy drew this very specific like story. I wonder if there's anything specific that Tolstoy drew from. For Probably like some guy story. he knows. Maybe yeah. Or, but it's, it's or a, 
I don't know if Pierre, Pierre is, I feel like, Tolstoy's insert. Mm-hmm. But I feel like this plot point just kind of feels like something like crazy gossip you overhear over drinks. Right. Like someone's like, oh, my God, you'll never believe what happened to my friend's friend. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, like the this generally like the the fact that from the outside, Pierre seems to have everything a man could want in society in Moscow. And yet it's all kind of miserable to him and not at all aligned well, with who he is as a person. Maybe that's Tolstoy. I mean, I feel like Tolstoy kind of liked to play act like he was, you know, this nomadic guy mm. when he was, yeah. like, from one of the richest... Was he one, from one of, like, the richest families? I don't know if it was one of the richest, but very, it was certainly... He was an aristocrat. He was yeah. very wealthy. Family. Yeah. That, that, there, you that know. feels like Pierre. And he's like, I'm just so tortured. <laughs> I have everything anyone could want, but it's not what it looks like. Yeah. That, that's, what, that's what I was wondering, is that there's probably some some personal element in the, yeah. in the, in the not, framing of Pierre. And I'm story. not saying that being in a loveless marriage is not hard and deafening and the worst thing, like one of the horrible thing to have to deal with in your life. But I am saying just because you feel emotionally sad doesn't mean you're dealing with struggles and trauma. Mm-hmm, sure. And I feel like Tolstoy's like, isn't this traumatic? And horrible. I feel bad for Pierre. I feel bad for Pierre. I do feel bad for Pierre. However, then I remember that he can let like 40,000 rubles slip under the rug and not notice. And he owns people. Yeah. Then I don't feel so bad for him in this moment. We must remember the class, the class implications. We'll come back to this and we'll do a a purely Marxist reading of War and Peace. (laughs) The class implications. We'll analyze how this how this com- uh, contributed to the Russian Revolution. Mm, I can see how it would. <laughs> if I had to go beg into some rich guy who doesn't even know how much money he has every time I needed something, <laughs> I too would revolt. That's a great. Hmm. It's, hmm. Hmm. You have anything else for this chapter? No, Lil I don't gain? think so. Pierre is um, not doing too hot. On a personal level. No. No, he's not. No. We'll see how this, um, how, uh, how his relationship with Helene this develops from here. This action will have consequences. Oh, oh, indeed. It, it certainly will. Okay, rankings for chapter two. So we'll do Pierre, Vasily, and Helene. Most likely to buy an NFT. <laughs> okay, number one is Prince Vasily. Really? I think 100%. <laughs> That's why I needed those 40,000 Yeah, rubles. that's what he needed. He was, he was investing. Um, and then Pierre and then Helene. Mm. 100% Prince Vasily's number one. Why, why Pierre and then Helene? I don't think Helene really gives a shit about what an NFT is. And I think Pierre is like... Vasily convinces Pierre to buy an NFT. No, he would. And P- Vasily makes an NFT and is convincing <laughs> Pierre to invest in it. You're so right. <laughs> Pierre, look at this ape. These apes are the future. (laughs) This ape is currency, but it's also an original art piece that lives digitally on your phone. It's a token on the blockchain that has an embedded smart contract that refers to a JPEG. Now, what the fuck is the blockchain? Girl, I I don't even know what the fuck a blockchain is. (laughs) I wish I could tell you. I barely understand Bitcoin. Why? It is a chain of blocks, you see. It's just blocks. It's Minecraft. Oh, building a castle duh <laughs> duh <laughs> sorry i want to go mine now <laughs> so we back in the mines got that pickaxe swing in we from should start making war and peace parodies 
That was that we can make that a thing. I so bet. we back in Moscow got that <gasps> got that soiree swinging from Ooh, side to Okay, side. okay, Anna. <laughs> All right. Oh, Anna Mikhailovna is probably in Moscow. Yeah, probably. Okay. I wonder if Boris. I don't just, know where. Probably with the Rostovs or something. Yeah, I don't know. She's probably palling around with Miss Rostov, Mrs. Rostov. Sorry. The best friends. The girlies. The girlies. The girds. Gabin. Okay. All right. Bye, everyone. See you tomorrow. Bye-bye.